Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Police Sports Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchuk. It is Sunday, December the 19th, 2021. And good afternoon on a Sunday. Uh, I don't think I've ever broadcasted during the football season on a Sunday, but here I am at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, a football Sunday, coming at you live and direct from my residency somewhere in the northeastern section part of the city of Philadelphia. And it is not Eagles game day. No, it is not. It is not Eagles game day. For those of you who are currently at this time, Flipping around on their TV stations or sets. I just said on their stations. On their sets, thinking, where in the hell is the Eagles game at? You're, you're going to have a, a long wait. Approximately another 48 hours, actually. Or actually another 56 hours-ish. Because the Philadelphia Eagles are not on today. No, they are not. They are on. They're not on tomorrow, either. They are going to be coming at you live and direct on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. For their game against the Washington football team. And unless you have been living under a rock and do not know anything about this, it came down around Thursday, Friday-ish that the game scheduled for Sunday was going to be rescheduled for Tuesday amidst the massive amounts of COVID-19 positive cases that the Washington football team was experiencing. I believe at their height, they had 25 positive cases. Now, those numbers have gone down over the past four or five days, but the, it prompted the NFL to go back on their word as they were very strict and very upfront about how they were going to deal with COVID cases when it came to unvaccinated or unsafe actions uh, with teams and players. And they said, basically, if your team has too many positive cases because somebody was unvaccinated or somebody wasn't being safe, then the game would be a forfeit. Now, obviously, the game is not forfeited, and obviously, there's going to be no forfeit games ever in the in the National Football League. Come on, man. I mean, to think that there's going to be some games that are forfeited is ridiculous. There's way too much cha-ching at stake here. So why, why, why would the NFL say that they are going to for, people are going to forfeit? They're, they're never going to have – that's never going to happen. So there's been a lot of like ruffled feathers, especially on the Eagles side of the ball about the NFL's decision to postpone the game and the implications it has for both of these teams moving forward through the rest of the season. And, you know, listen, this is where I come out on that. Nobody wants to see a forfeit. The players don't want to see a forfeit. I mean, maybe the players do, I guess. I don't know. Uh, The fans certainly don't want to see a forfeit. And the owners certainly don't want to see a forfeit. There's way too much at stake in regards of chitching. So a forfeit is is something that should never have been uttered by the NFL. It never should have been said because there was never going to be any follow through. And just like in life, right? When people lie to you, their credibility goes down, right? Well, the NFL wasn't real credible going into this thing. And they continue to have that stock drop way down low. So 
Shame on the NFL. Shame on Roger Goodell. Shame on all of them. Shame on the football team. Shame on them all. But here we sit on a Sunday afternoon. You're with me. I'm with you. We're not talking Eagles. We're talking postponements. But we do have a lot to talk about today. And as you know, there was, as you may have known, or maybe maybe you don't, and I want to let you in on this, I did not do the Eagles pregame show yesterday with my good man, Kyle Quinn. We are going to be doing that pregame show Monday afternoon around 4 p.m. So look forward to the drop around Monday evening around dinner to kind of set the table for the Eagle-Washington uh, football team game on Tuesday night. Again, that's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. down there at the sports complex in southern Philadelphia, where coincidentally, on the same evening, at the same time, the Philadelphia Flyers will be hosting the Washington Capitals. So kind of a, I don't know, a Southern PA, Northern Virginia vibe thing going on down there at the sports complex on Tuesday. So if you're a fan of any of the Washington, local Washington area sports teams, and of course, if you're a fan of any of the local Philadelphia area sports teams, and you don't have tickets to any one of the venues, go on down there. Just don't drive. Traffic's going to be a mess as it is. Take public transportation, go down there, and bask in the glory of rivalry as both these uh, events will be going down at the same time. So we're not talking Eagles football today. We're, I mean, we're talking Eagles football, but we're not talking a game. We're not talking about getting ready for a game. What we're talking about is politics and this nonsense with COVID-19 and this nonsense with all the other stuff that's been going on. And I do not want to turn this into a political uh, forum, and I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you where I come out on this coin. I'm vaccinated fully with a booster and I've had COVID. I don't care whether or not you choose to get vaccinated or if you don't get vaccinated. I don't care. I'm a big fan of living, living life the way you want to live it. Huge fan of it. As a matter of fact, I'll go to my, I, I spent 30 years of my life putting my life on the line for it. And, and, and that'll never change. My opinion will never change. But when you work for a company and you're being paid by said company, you have to follow said company's rules or you don't work for them anymore. I mean, that's life. And there's been a lot of this up and down about getting vaccinated and getting not vaccinated. I, I understand that you're right. But if you don't want to get vaccinated and it's your company's policy to vaccinate, then your company and you should part ways. You should stop receiving monetary compensation from your company and your company should stop receiving whatever, whatever you provide them. But that's not going to happen. Because there's too much at stake. Maybe if Bobby Boucher, right, the water boy, was employed by the Philadelphia Eagles and he decided not to get vaccinated, they could probably part ways with him. Well, actually, at this point, no, maybe we we need him. He's a he's an aggressive linebacker. So, but you got my point, right? So don't posture with me. Don't po- and I'm talking the owners and the league. Don't don't sit here and posture. Put your mouth where your vaccine is. If, you have, if your company's policy is to vaccinate and your players decide not to vaccinate, then you as a company should stop paying them. And they, for your company, should stop working for you. That's the American way, man. That's the way it is. But we want to play this back and forth bullshit game about we're trying to be socially conscious when it comes to COVID-19 on both sides of the, of the ball, mind you. But neither one of the sides is given in. And neither one of the sides is going through with what they say. It's a joke. 
an absolute joke, and it's a political farce, a fiasco. I don't like talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. But it is definitely rearing its ugly ugly head on all four of the major sports right now. All of them, or three of them, are dealing with spikes in COVID cases. But as I said, this is not an anti-vax versus a vax rant. It's not. I don't care where you come out on that coin. I'm, I'm a big fan of you living your own life. Because as I said, I'm vaccinated, but I've had COVID recently. Matter of fact, I am still dealing with the side effects of COVID. I still don't have smell or taste. So I understand. COVID is part of our world from now on. That's a hardcore reality that we all must embrace too. We're not getting rid of COVID. We're going to find ways to suppress it. We're going to find ways to get on top of it. But we're never going to get rid of it, ever. It's it's a virus. It's the natural world. It is what it is. We are part of that natural world. It has stricken people. I know a person who lost both her parents to COVID within two weeks of each other. And these were healthy adults. I'm not downplaying the severity of this virus. I'm not. But we need to embrace it. And again, I, you got me off on the wrong damn foot today, but I don't want to necessarily talk about COVID. But we are going to talk about Tuesday night football. We're going to talk about the implications of that game for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. We're going to talk a little history of Eagles on Tuesday night, and we all know where we're going with that. And we're also going to bring in some conversation about your hockey team. You're, that's right, your Philadelphia Flyers, who completed their week. Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier in the week. There were six points at stake, six points, six very important points at stake for the Philadelphia Flyers. How did they do? What side did they come out on? I'll tell you that. We'll discuss all that here in a minute, but let's backtrack now to yesterday. And and for those of you who listened to the pod earlier in the week, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, I talked about how jived up I was about Saturday NFL football at Christmas time. And I went on about the Jets and the Steelers game from 1983 that for some odd reason, continues to stick in my mind. Well, in the midst of the COVID spike, the Browns and Raider game was postponed and moved to, I believe, Monday. Let me look at that. I think it's Monday that they moved that game to. Creating a um, a void, or not a void, but the only Tuesday game, or (laughs) I'm talking Tuesday, the only Saturday game was last night, the Patriots and the Colts in a game that had ramifications for the Philadelphia Eagles. And hallelujah, thank God, tis the season. It is is a reality. Carson Wentz, who played a dreadful game, by the way, and once again on display why why it's a better situation for him not to be here and also a better situation than what we've already got for him and what we're about to get for him. Carson Wentz has achieved the magical 75% 75 of plays on the Colts' offensive side of the ball which means we now possess the Indianapolis Colts' first-round draft pick in 2022. That pick is not a top-10 pick. That pick will probably not even be a top-20 pick, but it is a first-round pick. It is called draft capital. It is what we need to retool and rebuild this football team. So all season long, as I've told you, I've been keeping track in a little legal pad about Carson Wentz's snaps. I've been even doing the math. Right. I'm just sitting here with a calculator and because I don't understand percentages, never have, never probably will. Like I can tell you what 50 percent of a dollar is. But when we start getting into like eh, what is 61 percent of a buck 16, I, I kind of go off the rails. Right. 
and I kind of shut down. So I've been keeping track in a little legal pad about, about this whole thing. And we are now at a point where I can ceremoniously crumble up that piece of paper and throw it in the trash and be forevermore done with talking about Carson Wentz. Probably not, though, until the end of the year. I'm going to throw away the paper now. But I won't be able to stop talking about Carson Wentz until the end of the season because we're going to be keeping an eye on where that draft pick will kind of lay. But I'm going to mention it tomorrow to my main man, Kyle Quinn. And then after that, I'm done talking about Carson Wentz and the nonsensical uh, snap tracker nonsense. It is complete. We got the pick. Hallelujah. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, by the way, the Colts won last night, which, again, <laughs> it doesn't bode well, but we got the first-round pick. So today on the on the NFL slate, we got a smattering of games, and then we got some games on Monday, and then, of course, we got a couple games on Tuesday. The Eagles are not the only game on Tuesday night. They're not. There's another game, I believe. Let me look, 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 let me look. Tuesday night, we got Eagles, and we got football team, and we also have Seahawks-Rams. So those those games are flexed to Tuesday night. I'm not going to say flex. They're, they're both going to happen at 7 p.m. on the Fox Network. So interesting. Uh, obviously, here in the local area, we'll hopefully get the Eagles game. I would think that they would move them over to a major network like ESPN or the NFL Network. I don't know, maybe not. But that's what we have in store for the rest of the weekend in football. It's going to be a real quick turn and burn, turn around. We're going to have a victory or we're going to have a uh, Eagles loss Wednesday to talk about. And then we're going to have to go right into – the giant week, which, of course, is what one of the reasons why the Eagles are all up in arms about being postponed. But that, of course, also affects the football team. But let's talk about Tuesday night football for a second. Tuesday night football, which I thought, to be honest with you, until 2010, when the Eagles played our Tuesday night football. Remember that game against the Vikings? The game that Joe Webb burst onto the scene and broke the hearts of our Philadelphia Eagles we had the second seed in that year's playoffs wrapped up, man. All we had to do was beat the Minnesota Vikings with their third-string emergency quarterback and by the name of Joe Webb because Brett Favre was out and hurt. And then I think we had to go on and beat the, the football team or Washington in the last week of the season in order to kind of capture that number two seed. Well, 24-14 to Viking victory on Tuesday night. Send us magnanimously into that third seed, but send us into the magnanimously against the Packers, who would eventually win the Super Bowl that year, which is again a magnanimously sent us home. So I believe that everybody has very vivid memories of the last time the Philadelphia Eagles played on Tuesday Night Football. And I will one up that memory because for a lot of you who are watching this game uh, in front of your television sets or possibly even at the link, I was watching the game approximately. 5,000 miles to the east. Uh, I was down in southern Afghanistan, actually, uh, then. Uh, and I remember watching the game on my desktop computer, or my laptop computer, inside my little work area on the forward operating base that I was assigned to during that deployment. And I remember watching that game. And I remember feeling so good and confident about that game because heading into that game, we are coming off of literally the miracle on the Meadowlands. And that was one of the, I mean, we were so like pumped up um, that we were, this was just a, and again, obviously they looked ahead, right? Obviously they didn't take this game seriously or we were coming off that emotional high of the miracle of the Meadowlands. You know, the Sean Jackson took the punt back at the end to complete the amazing comeback. 
that we obviously went into this game with a little less of uh, certain or fire. And it was a huge letdown. But I remember the vibe, even where I was in the world, um, was very like, I mean, the season itself was an up and down season, but it was a good season for the Eagles. And I thought, I think coming off the Miracle of the Meadowland game, people were thinking, you know what, man? We could have something right now. Uh, so the letdown and what occurred against the, the Vikings was very, um, very, 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 it was a shot in the gut, man. It was a shot in the gut, brother. And, of course, we went on to make the playoffs as the third seed and then get sent home by the Packers in the first round. But did you know that this game on Tuesday between the football team is not the Eagles' second game on Tuesday night overall? No, this is their actual their third game in the history of their franchise on Tuesday night football. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Did you know when the first time they played on Tuesday Night Football? 1944 against the Boston Yanks. Now, who came up with that name? Should probably be shot. <laughs> the Boston Yanks? Come on, man. But we went up, we were in Boston and we played at Fenway Park. Eagles won that game 28 to 7, but you learn something new every day. I thought literally the first game the Eagles played in 2010 was their first game. And then certainly this would have been their seven. Now this is their third game. The NFL, or I should say more specifically pro football in America has had its litany of Tuesday night games, uh, dating all the way back to 1941 and all the way as recently, of course, as last season due to the COVID shutdowns and the rescheduling of games. There was, there was two games played on Tuesday night football last year. So the Eagles, here we go. Tuesday night football, all too familiar position for the Eagles. It, it, it's very it's very eerily similar to the 2010 situation. Uh, obviously, there's more games left in the season than just one after this, but the Eagles are in the midst of a huge playoff push. Now, the certainty that Jalen Hurts plays in this game probably is damn near at 100% since it's been flexed to Tuesday. I would I would not I would be very surprised if Gardner Minshew played in this game or started I should say and not necessarily played but I would be very surprised if he started this game. So Jalen's probably pretty much a lock at coming in here and and and, and playing in this game. Which yeah, it's fine by me if he's 100%. We'll go from there. So I don't want to get too much more into the X's and the O's. We'll go over the COVID stuff and what I mean by that, we'll go over the COVID list. We'll talk about the ramification of some of the players that are still currently on the football team's COVID list to include their quarterback tomorrow with my main man, Kyle Quinn, as he'll join me for the Eagles pregame show. So we don't, yeah, again, I don't want to necessarily get more into that. I think I talked a little bit about more than enough about the Eagles here on Mark on this very rare of rare Sunday during the football seasons podcast. Now let's transition to the ice. Let's transition to the ice to your Philadelphia Flyers, who I said way back when, coming off of their road trip or their little Southwestern tour, coming back off of that, they had a very important week ahead of them. Six points laid at stake. Six points stood between, basically, if the Flyers could get all six points, they could be seriously considered back. And, you know, I'm not going to say in the playoff push. I mean, it's not even Christmas yet and we're talking playoffs. Not going to go there. But I, I thought necessarily once they, if they were able to get six points, they could say that they were fully off of that 10-game winless streak. 
and that they were kind of moving in a different direction and they were becoming part of the conversation once again. And I mentioned that they needed six. They had to have six. Maybe they could get five, but they couldn't get four. They certainly couldn't get three or less. So the Flyers against the Devils, the Canadians, and the Senators were able to get five out of those six points secured, which I will take. Moves them to 500 at 12, 12, and 5. 29 points, currently two points behind the final playoff spot in the East. Once again, I'm not necessarily gauging it by that. But the fact that they were able to handle their business against teams they should have handled their business against is what you want to see from a team coming off of a 10-game winless streak and a coaching change. And we're getting some production from some players that we weren't getting before. Oscar Limbaugh, three goals and like two assists over that span over, over that three-game period. Carter Hart continues to play well. He has been, been stricken by, by an illness that they're not saying is COVID. Didn't play last night. But... Uh, Joel Farabee back in the lineup. Cam Atkinson was is, is back kind of with that pump in his step and that little, you know, that, that hardcore play that we got from him early on in the season. So good signs all around from the Philadelphia Flyers that they are at least moving forward into a new direction as we get into getting into the Christmas rush. Now, the NHL is not immune to what's been going on in the COVID world. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA are working like crazy to continue the season and not shut it down. I definitely think they're looking at December 23rd because there's a, there's that mandatory Christmas stop, which is a one, two, three, four, five-day break that every team will go under, or I'm sorry, a four-day break that every team will have. I think they really want to get there, and I think they're 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 struggling to keep things going. The Flyers have two games remaining until that point. Most teams – Got about three, two or three games left. So I definitely think the NHL and the NHLPA are working effortly and tirelessly to try to get them there. And then we can go into the Christmas break. Some of these players that are currently in protocols and will probably come off because of, test, of, of negative tests. Those that are suffering from COVID right now will probably give those extra four days to recover. I think they're dying to get there and they're doing everything they can to get there. And I hope we do, because I don't think anybody out there wants to see any more stoppages. We can't, we got to live our lives. Now the Montreal Canadiens the other night when the Flyers were in town, decided around two hours before the game, not to allow fans to attend. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not going to get into the politics of that. Cause that was the owner of that team taking on that risk. And I understand what the risk is for. But if I purchase a ticket, I should understand that's the risk that I'm taking. I don't need the owner of the Montreal Canadiens telling me it's too risky. I don't need him to do that. Who is he to tell me that? And I don't need the, the province of Quebec or, Mo or Montreal as a city telling me anything. If you're going to sell me a ticket and take my money, you know what, brother? Let me in the venue. I'll do. I'll take the precautions. If somebody doesn't feel comfortable going into the building, then don't purchase a ticket. Kind of get where I'm going with this. I understand it's the betterment and, and livelihood and health of everybody, but no one's forcing anybody to go to these games. But when you're forcing me out of the game after I've purchased my ticket, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But again, this is not a political forum. And I'm not ever going to, this show will never turn into that. Ever. 
because it's it's a no win conversation that will go round and round and round and go nowhere. But on the positive side, on the ice, the Flyers have played well. They've played a lot better than they had been playing. They are looking better. They are looking like a team that's pulling out of it. But I want to caution everybody. I still don't see a team with an identity. I still don't see a team that lacks that killer. I don't. I still don't see that. But I have noticed that, at least recently, Mike Yao, or Yo, sorry, is probably employing a little bit more of an aggressive posture when it comes to his defensemen. Over those last three, four games, Travis Sanheim has been very active in the offensive play. I, I see him pinching a little bit. I see him joining the play a lot more offensively. That's a great strategy and a great technique because Travis Sanheim is not a good defender. But it could be one of those playing with fire type moves. But I understand it, and we're trying everything right now. But I just don't – I'm just not back all the way because I don't know what the team's identity is. And I still believe that until we get an identity, until we establish what that identity is, until we get our super duo, we can sit here and have the good news story all you want. But a 500 hockey club, a club that maybe sneaks into the playoffs as a 7 or 8, that's all you're going to have. You're not going to have a Stanley Cup champion. But the Flyers continue making progress and they're making strides and they're pushing towards greatness and they're getting better. They're they're putting that 10-game winless streak behind them and that is a positive, positive thing. So listen, everybody, that is going to do it for me. I had to come on, everybody. I, I had to kind of give you guys an update of where I was on all this and kind of fill you into what the rest of the week is going to look like here on Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. Again, tomorrow we'll do the Eagles pregame show. Look forward to drop around 5 o'clock. And then throughout the week, I'm going to be coming back on maybe still around Thursday, I guess. Or no, we'll do a, we'll talk about – we'll do the rap show on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be back on the rap show on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we'll set the table on the um, – on week 16. It's a crazy time, but it's Christmas time. It's my favorite time of the year. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. Hey, take the extra weekend. Take the extra Sunday that you've been provided here today. Continue to show your and other how much you care and love them, all right? And also be looking out for me on EOP. We're getting we're kind of crossing the T's and dot and I's right now about how that's gonna look. And that's gonna do it for me, everybody. Till next time, take care.